Welcome back to the Salty Community Podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you grow your personal relationship with both God and Jesus. We do this by emphasizing a foundation of scripture and give you tools and opportunities to experience them in a personal and unique way for you. The kingdom of God invites us into an interactive relationship with him. This podcast series explores all that it means to seek first his kingdom. We will be learning together how to develop a kingdom perspective and how to live it out right now. Join us for this 12-week series and watch the kingdom inside of you grow as you experience heaven on earth. So we are in week nine of a kingdom of God class. And last week, what hit me the most about what Deanna said was this is the day in the life of somebody who is spirit led. And it was just, um, I think it was the highlight of what I learned in that teaching. So I decided that I was going to start this class kind of telling you how I use some of these things, some of these things I do well, some of these things I don't do so well, but I wanted to talk to you about how I spend or attempt in the very best of my ability, have a day that is spirit led. So she first started talking about practicing his presence. Now, can I tell you that this is something that I actually, when I sit down to do my quiet time, I practice his presence. I'm like, okay, Lord, you're going to show me what you want to show me. So I literally, in the spiritual space, I close my eyes and I imagine that Jesus is sitting right beside me. I practice his presence in that present moment. And I say to him, show me what you want to teach me. And literally, like me and my daughter sit down to do math, he literally sits down and shows me things. So that is how I practice his presence in my daily routine. Finding God stops. So this is how I find God stops. Um, I use gratitude to find God stops. I take from the day I sit down in the morning. I try to do this every morning. I don't always succeed, but I do my best to that very morning reflect on the day before and find things from the day before to be thankful for. And when I do that and I find things within my days to be thankful for, then I can see God or those God stop moments in my life. I can see them, but I have to reflect back on the day before. Sometimes God will show me things in the moment and he'll say, look, I I did this. Um, Deanna used a perfect example of uh, jeans and clothes hangers and things like that. That was her example. If you were there, I'm bringing that to your memory. Um, Sitting in the heavenly realm. This is something that this is the heart of salty. This is what we do. We want to, with the foundation of truth, we want you to experience relationship in the spiritual realm. I did not know this existed for me until I encountered someone who had it and I wanted it. So um, when I'm in the spiritual realm, I am either with Jesus or I am in the throne room with the Lord. And um, I think the throne room is the next one. So I sit in the heavenly places 
in the throne room and with Jesus. So when I'm in the throne room, uh, most of the time, unless the Lord is really showing me something specific there, I am typically um, on the arm of the chair, just resting in him. And I was challenged once a couple of months ago to start my day there and end my day there. So I do, to the best of my ability, try to, when I'm laying in bed and when I'm just first waking up, I am in the spiritual space, in the throne room, just resting in in, in God, just resting. Um, the spirit within. Okay, so I do this mediocre. <laughs> this is, I try so hard to bring to my awareness um, that the spirit is within me and that I walk by the spirit and um, I can feel him. Can I tell you that this is not a super developed um, space for me? I have moments where I'm like, okay, I can feel the Lord in this space, but it's in a moment. It's not like a, a daily, habitual, ongoing thing for me. So I am definitely um, working on and growing in being aware of the Spirit within me constantly. So the day, a day in the life of being Spirit-led. So that's kind of how I prepare myself. And I do this in the morning um, so that my day starts in a place from the spirit. And that way I can walk out my day with that in the forefront, in my conscious aware, awareness. Okay. So when I was told a couple of weeks ago that I would be teaching this class. So this is how I, how I function. I do not... Um, the Lord doesn't just tell me and work through me. Like I have to study. <laughs> I think I am the majority. Thank you very much. I am. Dan is not the majority. She's just kind of works through her prophetic gift. But I have been listening to my favorite teachers in my quiet time has been on this particular topic um, of being in the kingdom and what the spirit does. Deanna has talked about the what of the the what of the kingdom, the who of the kingdom, and she touched on last week um, what she called some adjectives of what or some verbs verbs some verbs of what the spirit does, and I am also going to be talking about what the spirit does. So this kingdom that we're talking about, Jesus said, um, "Repent for the kingdom." of God is at hand. So he was bringing this kingdom with him. And when we become born again believers, we have access to this kingdom from that moment. So a very important principle that we want you to remember and that I want to continue to remind you of is that you have access to this kingdom while you're on earth because we are to pray that his kingdom invade earth, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants his heavenly realm to come to earth. And 
to manifest itself while we're here on earth. And we are his access point and we, he works through us for that to happen. Um, so to have access to this kingdom, you have to have the spirit within you so that heaven can come to earth, which is how we landed at what the spirit does. Because you have to have the spirit within to have access to this kingdom. Because the spirit is how heaven comes to earth. It's how it happens. So, I sat down and had a conversation with the Lord about what he wanted me to teach. And can I tell you that he kind of put my foot in my mouth. Because we were in the middle of a... Uh, meeting for teachers, hint, hint, there will be more than just Deanna teaching next spring, but we are, we're gathering a group of teachers and the Lord brought to my attention that first and foremost, when God reveals something within his word, that it is first for you and then for the people, for you to give it to someone else. So when he gives you a revelation in his word, he wants you to personalize it and internalize it and see what he wants to do in your own life with what he has shown you, and then he wants you to give it away. I was sitting today and meditating and thinking about that truth, and the Lord showed me that I had not yet fully internalized what I was teaching tonight, and... Um, so I took a moment in the spiritual realm and I prayed and he showed me that this teaching was for me just as much as it was for you. So I am in a season of things changing very rapidly. Um, I'm moving. I um, sold my house very quickly. Um, my husband decided to start a ministry like couple of months ago and when that happened our whole life got turned upside down and um, in a good way but it didn't feel good in the moment and I'm still working through um, living by faith knowing that I'm 100% in God's will but still struggling with my circumstances so this is what he said to me Colleen I want you to teach on what the spirit did in my life and I was talking to Jesus and he said if you will just look at those highlight moments in my life I will show you what the Spirit did in me and through me and you will get some revelation for your own life now I didn't even know it was for me until today that's really sad but he had to sit me down and say Colleen this is for you and so that's what we're going to do tonight. We are going to talk about the Spirit living in Jesus while he was here on earth. And in those highlight moments like birth, baptism, desert, transfiguration, garden, resurrection. In those moments, what the Spirit was doing in those moments for Jesus so that we can apply them to our own life, so that I could apply it 
to my own circumstances right now. So I'm going to start with a couple of foundational truths um, about Jesus and him being here on earth. So Jesus lived his life through the spirit. And we see that because he talks about, John talks about, well, Jesus is talking in the scriptures, but in John chapter five, this is what Jesus says. The son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does. Okay. So if Jesus, if that's how he operated on earth, then he had to have access to the father in some way, right? So his access to the father was through the spirit, right? He was in a spiritual space. He prayed to the Father. Remember, he prayed for his disciples to the Father. Um, he did life in with the Spirit in him. And he was, this still boggles my mind, and I know I've said this in group. If you are on here, I'm so sorry, but I've said it so many times. But it boggles my mind that he was fully man and he was fully God. Fully man and fully God. He chose to come to earth as a man and be fully submitted to, to the Father through the Spirit so that he could be our ultimate example of how we should live our own lives. So in 1 Peter 2, 21-25, it tells us that God, he, it says... For God called you to good, even if it meant suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example. It says it right there. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He is our ultimate example. He was fully man, and he was fully God, and when he came to earth in the form of a man, he lived on earth like we live on earth and we are to use him as our ultimate example as we walk out and are spirit led in our own walks with the Lord. So that is the foundational truth as we go through each one of these specific highlighted points in his life that if you catch yourself, which is I did, if I, if you catch yourself saying, but he's God, but he's God, but he's God, it doesn't relate to me because he's God. I really want you to come back to the truth that he was fully man as well as fully God, living by the Spirit as your example. So, Jesus living in the Spirit. So, Jesus' birth. I'm going to start here in 1 Corinthians 15. Because it gives us a little bit of insight into Jesus' birth. Okay. 1 Corinthians 15, 45-49. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a, live, a life-giving spirit. Now that's Jesus, Okay. However, the spirit is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. The first man was on earth made of dust, 
and the second man is the Lord from heaven. So what Paul is saying here is that Jesus is the second Adam. So when we look at Jesus's birth, we are seeing through the spirit, the spirit, right? Through the spirit, an angel came to Mary and said, you will, the spirit will come upon you and you will conceive a child. This is, he is, this is a spiritual birth. Yes, it's a natural birth, right? But it is still, where I'm going with this is this is his, in our application, it's our born again experience, right? Because Adam was the, he was the first and Jesus was the second Adam. So when Jesus was born, it was his born again, born in the spirit. He was filled with the spirit from birth. When Jesus was with Nicodemus and he was explaining, you have to be born again. We have a natural birth, just like the first Adam had a natural birth. And we have a spiritual birth, which is Jesus, who is our second Adam. We have a spiritual birth, which is our second birth, where we are born in the spirit. Okay. So what did the spirit do here? When you are saved, the spirit fills you. It is an, a, a filling of the spirit so that you can live this life on earth as Jesus lived this life on earth, being filled with the spirit. I also thought it was super interesting in his birth story that um, the angel says to Mary, and oh, by the way, your friend Elizabeth, who was barren and very old, by the way, she's, she's pregnant too. And so he tells her this, and then Mary goes to visit. And when Mary visits Elizabeth, this is so interesting to me, and I haven't fully understood exactly what it is, but it's very interesting to me that when Elizabeth and John, who was in her womb at six months, he was six months gestation. Gestation means she was six months pregnant. <laughs> and um, when Mary walks into the room, whom the Spirit has come upon her, and Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit inside of her, when they encounter each other, the person of, of, of Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit as well. And it says that the baby leaped in her womb. But guys, when people encounter us and we are full of the Spirit, they should know. Like she, it says that she cried out. It says that she cried out when she came in contact with the spirit. She cried out that, oh, you, I don't know exactly the words, but she did. She cried out basically testifying to the fact that she had encountered Jesus. That's basically what she does. Um, we should be living our lives in such a way that when people encounter us, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did, um, that, they, that they don't leave the same that they know who we are in Christ, that there's no question 
about who we are and who is inside of us. Okay, Jesus at the age of 12. Now, this is one of those things, and I don't know if this was like a highlight moment, but it was super interesting to me. I was like, Lord, why did you put, we see his birth, we see him at 12, and then we have to wait a whole nother, whatever 30 minus 12 is, maybe another 15 years, close to that, before we hear anything else about Jesus. And in this moment, we see a, a child, a 12-year-old, whom has stayed at a place to be taught and not gone with his folks, right? Um, he wants to be at the synagogue to be taught, and he was asking questions so much that people were marveling at the questions that he was asking and just the fact that he was so um, eager and ready to learn. Um. There are a couple of scriptures that I want to go to with Jesus at the age of 12. So we're going to look at it in Luke 2, 40 through 50. And there are a couple of, I, look, I'm right here. I prepared myself. Okay, so I want to look at Luke, 40 first, Luke 2, chapter 41, I mean, verse 41st. So this is what it says. This is astonishing to me because remember, he's God, right? He's God. So I see this scripture and I'm like, but he's God. And then God reminds me, but he's your example. It says, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and grace of God, and the grace of God was upon him. Okay, so if you're God, then why do you have to grow in wisdom? <laughs> Don't you have it all? <laughs> Don't you have it all? It says he became strong. And then it says in verse 46, Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And then in verse 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Okay, so if you are God, how can you increase in wisdom? Or how can you um, gain favor with God if you really are God? So there's, he was just showing me and making me come back to, but Colleen, I am your example. When you look at me, when you read my story, I want you to be able to insert yourself into every circumstance, and I want you to be able to apply it to every situation that you encounter. So what did the Spirit do? The Spirit taught him. The Spirit, which was in him from birth, from his second birth, right, um, he was filled with the Spirit, and it taught him, taught him. So it says in John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So this is Jesus talking, saying, I'm going to send you this Helper, which he already had, right? He said, I'm going to send him to you, and he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So you're going to remember 
my relationship with you. When you get in, when you encounter the Holy Spirit, he's going to remind you of your own relationship with Jesus. That's what he's going to do. And what God has done for you, what Jesus has done, already done for you. Um, and he's going to teach you all things, just like he did Jesus. And I really, it, it, I really feel like he showed us this moment when he was a child to show us that he had to learn to. And that we also, being indwelled with the Spirit, have to, have to be taught. We have to be taught. Which means we have to be good students, right? Okay, so... So we see his birth, we see him at 12, and then comes the next major event that he highlighted for me was his baptism. So in baptism, so this is what happens. I'm going to, the great thing about this study is that everything goes in order, so you don't have to turn very much. Um, so the spirit, so... Let's just read it. Matthew 3, just so I can get my brain right. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. I was in, but we'll go to Matthew. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. I'm going to find it here in a minute. Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay, so then Jesus came from Galilee, Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Okay, and this is the part I want you to really get to. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened. To him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And if you read it in John's gospel, it says that he fell and he remained. It says that the Spirit, that the, the, the heavens open, the Spirit came like a dove on him, and John says, and he remained on Jesus. He remained on him. So I put myself in this story, guys. And if Jesus is my example, when God, when the Spirit fell, God spoke. So Jesus, who in this moment is fully man, the Spirit falls on him, and God speaks and reveals who he is. And I think about this in when the spirit falls on me and I am filled with the spirit. Now this was his, this was his moment of baptism, but being full of the Holy spirit or the spirit coming upon you and remaining on you doesn't necessarily have to be at your water. Baptism can be, doesn't have to be. This happens. This was the, when it happened to Jesus, but it happened to him from this point on through his whole ministry, right? It didn't, it says it remained on him. I thought about being in the water and John being there and me going under. And when I come up, God said, and this is Colleen in whom I am well pleased. 
I totally put myself in this story and thought, when God works through me, when I have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and I am open and ready for what he wants to do in my life, that he looks down at me and he says, I'm going to put my spirit upon you in this moment. And guess what, Colleen? I'm pleased with you now. I am pleased with you in this moment. So God, the spirit, reveals who Jesus is and remains on him in this moment. So that's what the spirit showed me that he did at Jesus' baptism. And we know, guys, that it has been, well, I'm not supposed to say that as a teacher, that we know, you know, we know. No, we don't. Let me explain. Um, That in the book of John, um, I think it's in chapter 5, that Jesus talks about abiding. And abiding meaning remaining in him. Because 15, oh, sorry, 15. See, I was just just 10 off, and it was just one little digit. Anyway, so in John chapter 15, he talks about remaining in him and abiding in him and um, that he is the vine and we are the branches and that we have to remain in him and abide in him so that we can fully experience um, what he wants to do in us and through us um, and live and, and help us to live a spirit-led life. Um, We have to abide in him and remain in him. So the spirit here uh, revealed and remained. Okay, so Jesus in the desert. So can I tell you that this was my eye awakening moment um, when I realized that when I got to this particular highlighted moment, the Lord had told me, Colleen, if you will search the spirit out in these moments, I will show you where you're at. And when I got to the desert, he said, this is where you are. Um, but interestingly, the, that when you read this story, it says that the spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted, <laughs> to be tempted. Um, Can I tell you that when we are being spirit-led, this is my own experience. Please let me just speak for myself. That I think that if I'm going in a direction that doesn't feel good, that might be a desert, that, um, that there might be some tempting in that space or some testing of my faith, that I will immediately say that the devil is doing something and that's not, it's just not the case. You can, I have personally, and Jesus as well, was led by the spirit to an uncomfortable place, to a place where the devil tempted him. And uh, can I tell you that I am in a season where my faith is being tested Um, putting me in situations that are what I call uncomfortable. But the Bible tells me that I have the Holy Spirit and he's my comforter. So if I'm agreeing with being uncomfortable, then I'm not lining up with 
truth. <laughs> because the truth tells me that I have a comforter. So when I think that I am not being, that I'm being led to an uncomfortable situation, that I am, that the spirit is leading me there, but I'm deceived in such a way that I think that my uncomfortableness is coming from the devil. Um, but it's just not. And it wasn't for Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was led to this place where he was tested. Remember, he was our ultimate example. He was in a, he had been fasting, so he was hungry. Um, he was in a desert plate. He was isolated. And the devil came and tempted him. Um, I'm not theologically enough sound to tell you that, that God tempted, because that doesn't sound right. But I can tell you that he was tested. Um, and that in James 2, 1 through 4, there is a place where it talks about being tested, that he will test us. Um, hold on, I'm going to find it. So my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So when you are tested, you produce a fruit of the Spirit, right? But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And then 1 Peter 6, 7 says, chapter 1, 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So in both of these um, scriptures, it's telling us that when our faith is tested, we have fruit. We bear fruit in places where our, where our faith is tested. Am I scripturally good? Am I good? Okay. So Jesus was led into the desert by the Spirit to be tested. So he was led and tested. That's what the Spirit did in that space. That's what he showed me he did. Doesn't mean that's the only thing he did. It's just what he showed me for this class. And so plainly said, you're in a season of testing of your faith, Colleen. Don't blame it on the devil and don't let the devil get a foothold. And if you see what I did in those moments and how I had victory, that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. Transfiguration. So I had to study this because this is, <laughs> um, I definitely had to study this because I didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, but I'm going to go there and I'm going to read it just to refresh my own memory so that we can get and see what God showed me that the Spirit did on, the, on this particular day called Transfiguration. Okay. Matthew 17. Almost there, guys, almost there. Matthew 17. One through, okay. So Peter, James, and John go up on a mountain with Jesus. He takes them up there. And behold, Moses and Elijah appear talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, 
Oh no, I missed I missed the whole transfigured part. Hang on. Deanna's laughing at me. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Key point of transfiguration, right? Um and then Elijah and Moses are then Moses and Elijah are seen on the mountain. And the disciples get super scared and they close their eyes. And when they open their eyes, Moses and Elijah have vanished and it's just Jesus, not transfigured. Okay? So, Moses represents the law and Elijah represents the prophets. And so, I broke down this word. So, he was transfigured. Trans meaning one to another, coming from one thing to another thing, which is change. Figure, which can be um, like a public figure, someone of high stature, or a figure also can mean the physique of a person, right? So, a change, so we have something from one to another. Um, from a change, changing of something in the body, a bodily change and then when you put ation on the end of it it gives it action so it is changing completely or actually the definition it was like a metamorphosis like a complete change of something from one thing to another thing um so what did the lord show me actually happen on this mountain so we go from so there's a, there's a showing of Moses and Elijah, and then they vanish. So this was showing that we go from, the spirits was going, we were going from the law and the prophets to Jesus, which is a representation of grace. So the spirit was showing me that we should be, transforming our own minds from a legalistic religious mindset to a grace mindset. Um, and also, when we look at this word transfiguration, it's very close to being transformed, that we have a choice. We can choose. If we let the Lord, we can allow him to transform us. And the Bible tells us that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? That that's where transformation happens for us. Um, so on the Mount of Transfiguration, is it called the Mount? Is it, you know, Transfiguration? Sorry, guys, I'm, this, is not my, this is not my strong suit. But I couldn't leave it out. Um, when you're talking about Jesus's highlighted moments, that he was completely changed into something different. And I think my takeaway from that is I should be trying or I should be letting the spirit within me change me so that I can um, live in such a way that the spirit leads me into grace and that my endpoint um as I live my life, I should be living it through grace. Living it through grace. Did I didn't butcher that too bad? Did yeah. it? Awesome. Okay, great. Okay, 
So we had birth, age 12, baptism, desert, transfiguration, and the garden. So I absolutely love the garden story um, because we get such a good picture of the fact that Jesus had a will. Um, that he, when given the choice of free will, always chose rightly. Um, he was in full submission. And when you read this story, he just, he's, it tells you that he's, he's struggling in this moment. And he's got, who's, there's some disciples there. I don't know exactly who they are. And Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. Same guys. Yep, same guys. They're all there. And they're falling asleep. And he's like, why do you keep falling asleep? Um, but finally, he, uh, he just wants, he really asks, he like pleads with, with the father and says, can this cup just pass? Can we do this a different way? Please, I just want to do it differently. Um, and he says, not my will, but your will be done. Um, and I don't think that we sometimes fully grasp um, that prayer, that he was 100% submitted to the Father and prayed to the Father in that moment and chose to do what his father wanted him to do. And can I say, and would it be so, can I be so bold to say that he probably didn't want to have to do what he had to do, but he did it, but he did it. I don't think he would have said, can it pass from me? If he didn't have a, if he didn't have the want to not have to do it that way. Right. Um, but he was in full submission. How in the world did he do it? He did it through the Spirit, guys. The Spirit gives us strength, and it gives us the ability to walk out our full purpose, no matter how hard it might be in some spaces. And even in, oh my gosh, Jesus healed so many people. He had the highlight. He had the highlights of his ministry, Um where things were going really well and he was healing a lot of people and things were just really great. He had great moments. And then in a moment where it wasn't so great, he still, through the Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, was able to fulfill his purpose, was able to fulfill his purpose. So we see full submission and complete obedience. He just did what he was told to do and what he was called to do in that moment, in the garden, the Spirit gave him the ability to choose rightly because he was led by the Spirit and he only did what he saw his father do and he only said what he heard his father say. Okay, so resurrection. I'm probably going to take this a whole different way than you thought I was. <laughs> But if we think about it, so Jesus dies, buried three days, and he rises again. And as I'm thinking about, okay, Lord, what do you want to show me that you did in this moment? And he said, Colleen, I got my own miracle. I got my own miracle. He said, it was one thing that 
through the power of the Father and the Spirit that I could raise Lazarus from the dead, it's another thing to experience a miracle. I was raised from the dead. I experienced a miracle at the resurrection. I wasn't just performing them, but I actually got to experience it, which is so much better, right? I think sometimes in our, in our own humanity, we want to do so much for God and we want to perform miracles. And it is our call to bring heaven to earth, to be able to lay hands on people and heal them and do all the things that Jesus did. And it says that we will even do greater things, which is mind boggling in itself. A scripture in itself that's mind boggling is that we would do more than he did. That blows my mind. I can see the emoji with the big brain thing blowing up. Um, But it's another thing to get your miracle, to experience it. And I was like, is that all I get, Lord, from the resurrection? And he said, absolutely. He said, I just want you to see, Colleen, that the Spirit raised me from the dead, and I got my miracle. It actually happened. There was complete, full come and completion of my mission, and... Through the Spirit, I was able to um, get my own miracle. Get my own miracle. So, it brings me to, we are going to conclude, I am doing so good. So good. Um, it brings me to the, the scripture, and I have it really big here, and I'm going to get it right. Because it's really big here on my page. John 16, 7. When Jesus said, it is better that I go so that you would get this helper. How could he say that? He could say that because he experienced it. Because he experienced living life in the spirit on earth. He knew exactly what you were getting because he lived it. And he said, Better that I go so that you get exactly what I have so that you can do and experience what I experienced when I was here. As our ultimate example, we get to experience life the way that Jesus did because of the indwelling and the power of what the Spirit does, of what the Spirit does. So from his birth, we're filled. From our second birth, right? From our born again space, we are filled. And he teaches us and he reveals who we are. He reveals himself. He remains in us. We're led by him. We're tested at times. We're transformed if we allow him to do those things. We live by grace in full submission and obedience, and we get miracles, guys, and we get miracles. Okay, so it is our listening time. So I'm going to pray, and then we are going to listen for God. Lord, thank you so much for who you are and for your word. And Lord, I pray as we open up our hearts 
And Lord, we ask that your spirit just fill us, Lord, come upon us so that we can hear you clearly and see you clearly. And enemy, you have no space here. You are bound and gagged in Jesus' name. This is holy ground. Lord, open us up. Keep out the distractions so that we can hear you in your precious son's name. Amen. Okay, question number one. All right, what season are you in right now? What season are you in right now? Okay, got mine. Deanna's trying to type over there with one hand. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay, so I'm in a desert season. I already knew that. I'm in, when you started teaching and got to it, I'm in transfiguration. Oh. Totally makes so much sense. Does it really? I'm trying to think. Yeah. How much time? I, he spent time with Elijah and Moses. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. Makes total sense. Total sense. Okay, Madison is in a waiting season. Yes. Those seasons are those seasons are a little tough. Waiting seasons are you feel like they're never gonna end. Oh, but have they 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 don't they don't stay. Eventually the waiting stops. Tim transition. Very good. Lisa waiting. Oh, Inez renewal. Love oh, that. I love that. I love that so much. So so much. Okay, question number two. Oh, Madison. You feel like you're not doing enough sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yep, in a waiting season, you feel like you're not yet. Yep. You're like, it's like this. You're like, am I supposed to be doing something? Am I supposed to be doing something? Okay, number two. What is the Lord teaching you through this season? What is he teaching you through this season? Lisa, contentment. Mm. Yes, Madison, patience and money management. Oh. I heard, don't take the bait. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, because I think, I think when I'm in, a, I'm in the desert season and I'm mm, there's temptation the coming. He's mm. like, don't take the bait. Can I tell you, I have totally been taking the bait. <laughs> 
I've totally been taking it. I have. Oh, man. So convicting. So convicting. What did you hear? Amber heard, give him the control. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard, so he kind of took me to Romans 12, too, mm-hmm. about being transformed and not being conformed. Mm. Um, and he was like, I'm teaching you how to let me do it and not do anything the world's way. Oh. So instead of being conformed by the like the world... Like, you know, you're not going to do it this way. You're not going to do it your old ways. You're not going to do it the worldly mm-hmm. way. Anything that's, no, I'm doing all this. Mm-hmm. And the way that you're trans, the way that we're transformed um, from Second Corinthians is is spending time with him. Spending time with him, yeah. And that he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And, like, this isn't for me to mm-hmm. get in there and help. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so guilty of that. Okay, Inez, to trust deeper, fully, completely. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Tim, be patient, and his purpose for me will be revealed in his time. Mm, I like that. That's great. Okay, number three. Last question, number three. Last time to type. Last time to type. <laughs> Who does God say that you are? Who does God say that you are? Tim heard his. Yes. That's what I heard. I heard mine. You heard but mine. Mine, but yeah. his. <laughs> yeah, so I heard strong. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and he showed me in my armor. But you know how sometimes when you see into the spiritual realm, it's a, it's a picture of how it should be, but not how it really is. Maybe, or how sorry. it should be. Or, you, I, or I, don't, I don't feel armored up at all. But you must be, or you wouldn't show it to me. Maybe so. Yes. My child, my student. Mm, yes. Love it. You are so reliable, Lisa. You are so reliable. <laughs> oh, Madison, you are so brave. And I and Amber is such a student. She is such a student. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. 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 That is awesome. Very Where's good. Inez's answers? They're in there. I saw oh, there they are. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah. They're in there. Okay, guys. I hope you got something out of the teaching. Um... Deanna will be back strong next week, Um, hopefully with no bandages, Um, but I'm going to pray us out. Y'all have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week. Lord, thank you so much for who you are and for your word. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to pour um, out to your people. I pray that um, you just bless each and every person that's listening and that's here, Lord, that you... um, Oh, give them a remembrance of their relationship with you and bring into the forefront of their mind the indwelling of the Spirit within them so that they can live life fully in who they are called to be. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name.